everyone. Welcome to our brand new podcast show for the love of books, featuring indie and small press authors who bravely navigate the treacherous waters of independent publishing. I will be your host, Emma, and we're going to have a blast as we move forward to opening up America and enjoying life again in all its dimensions. As Angela quotes Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. It is my pleasure to present to you author Angela Verges, whose motto is a laugh a day keeps stress at bay. Verges has penned menopause ain't no joke. Hi, Angie. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Why did you write this book that started as a collection of blog posts? Tell us about this journey from blog posts to a book. Yes, thanks for asking. This has definitely been a journey. I love to blog, just love humor. And that's the way I look at things. When stressful things happen, I find the humor in them. It's not always at that moment, but at some point I find the humor. And the book came about when I was in a pageant for African-American women 50 and older, and we had to perform a talent. And I just kept thinking, what can I do for my talent? I said, oh, I can try a little bit of comedy. So from that, the skit that I did, I titled Menopause Ain't No Joke. So from that, I built built the book around that title. I said, okay, I can pull this blog post that kind of relates and this post over here. So it's a lot of things that I'm going through at that stage, you know, whether it be parenting, daily life challenges, work, or what have you. So the book was pretty much birthed after being in that pageant. How did you make bad things that happened to you funny, look funny or seem funny in the book? How did you turn the stuff? I remember you reading at an event by Pages Promotions, uh, pass it something on an airplane what you experienced on an airplane it was funny I don't remember everything yeah yeah that one I believed I titled comedy in the air and it was a a short airplane ride somewhere and I was hungry and they came around with our snack and our snack was pretzels but when I got the pretzels they were these little tiny things that maybe were the size of a quarter And I just looked at the bag and laughed. I'm like, is this really our snack? And then I actually dumped them out on my tray and counted them. I said, and it's only 12 of them. I said, this can't be real. This has got to be that funny flight attendant that was cracking jokes. Maybe he's pulling another fast one on us. And that was just how I turned that around into humor. Do you feel writing is therapeutic and why? Yes, I definitely feel writing is therapeutic because it's a way to get your emotions out and onto the page. I feel a lot better when I'm writing. Sometimes you have all these emotions going on. If you're stressed, uh, there's something going on at work. If you're parenting, kids getting in trouble, kids won't clean the house. Eventually, you just you explode if you don't get these things out some kind of way. And for me, the writing is therapeutic. I'll get up early in the morning is my favorite time when the house is quiet 
and I can just go in my room that we call the study room. It just has a desk in there and our, our bookshelves and a futon. And I choose my spot. Sometimes it's at the desk. Sometimes it's stretched out on the futon and I will write. It, write it, and it may not even lead to a story. Sometimes it's just journaling, but I find writing therapeutic. The other day, the sun was shining. So I went outside to the park behind my house, took my notebook and sat out there at a picnic table and just kind of watched little kids swing and just journal in my notebook. So it's very therapeutic. When did you start writing? I would say I started writing when I got my first diary in fifth grade. And I actually just found it in the attic at my mom's house. I was like, oh, I was writing about something in 1976 when I went to the fireworks or something like that. So I started writing long time ago and I, I kept a journal or what was a diary then. I kept a diary when I was younger. Then by middle school and high school, I had a journal that I kept. So I've, I've always loved writing. What inspires you? What inspires me? I can find inspiration just about anywhere, but I, I like music. I love music. Sometimes in the morning, I'll put on a quiet meditation that might have music or has someone talking softly, but I, I'm energized by music. And people often laugh at me because they can say one word and I'll take that one word and start singing the lyrics of a song that might have that word in it. So I would have to say music energizes me and gets me going. Great. What sets you apart from other authors in your genre? What's, I would say what sets me apart is the way I use the humor. Because I, I write about, in the, the menopause ain't no joke, it's essays about parenting. It's not just menopause specific, but it's things about parenting and it's the way I look at some of the situations. There was an episode, this one is not in the book, but it, it might make a future book. My mom and I were traveling to my son's uh, basketball game in Pennsylvania. And we stopped at this convenience store that had a gas station, well, gas station convenience store and all of that in there. And we wanted to use the restroom. So I got the key to the restroom and it was on this big long stick that looked like some kind of billy club that you would knock somebody out with. <laughs> and my first thought is, are we gonna be accosted going around the corner to the bathroom? Is that why they have this key on a stick? You know, my, my thought process is just a little bit different in turning it into humor. I told my mom, we got to the restroom and it was only one restroom. I said, oh, we're going to here together. I'll just have to turn my back while you <laughs> while you go and we'll take turns. So things like that, I just kind of turn into humor. What have you learned about yourself from writing this book? What I've learned about myself is to not take things so seriously all the time, that it's okay to explore your silly side and, and just laugh to get through those stressful times. You know, it's not always funny when you, when you're going through something, but you can look back and say, well, it's all in how you handle it. So doing this book helped me to, to calm down a little bit and look at situations a little bit differently. And it helps as a, a coping mechanism as well to, to use the humor. How long did it take you to write the book? 
I would say because I had all of the, the essays read it, written, it was a matter of going through and selecting the ones that I would I thought would fit the theme. So I would say about three months to pull it all together. And then of course I, I send it to a beta readers, which someone in that age category or that I thought would fit my audience and let them look at it. I also sent it to a friend who was an editor to look at it and to see if things seemed to flow or where they didn't flow. So that process took me about three months to write it and then send it off to a, a publisher. Who did you publish with? I published with Westbow Publishing because I was looking for a, a faith-based faith uh, publisher for this book because it does have, it's, I call it a non-traditional devotional because there's essays and then there's a scripture at the end of each one and then there's a space to journal. So I do have a little bit of um, faith base in there and also I, I use it as encouragement. I want it to be encouragement to others who are maybe parents or going through menopause or someone who wants to write their story. Just encourage them and inspire them through the book. And how do you market your book? The way I market, I do a lot of social media. I've been to in-person when we were able to do the in-person book festivals. I've been to several of those. The online book festival like we did with Pages Promotions, I really enjoyed that as well. So wherever I can find an opportunity that I think would be beneficial for both um, the site and for for what I'm promoting, and I, I promote that way. Okay, what are the major takeaways from your book? Major takeaways are you're not in this alone. Whatever you're going through, you're not in this alone. Keep your faith, keep your inspiration, find a way to use humor daily to lighten up your stress. Like I said, a laugh a day, keep stress at bay, find something that makes you smile every day is my takeaway. What do you feel you did right when doing, throughout this whole process from the initial idea to the final product and getting it to the reader? What do you feel you did right? What I think, what I feel I did right was having having some experts on my side, not just relying on myself as far as the editing process because I wanted it to be professional. You know, it, it is it's self-published, but I also I wanted to make sure it's going to be a professional product when the reader reads it and they're not glaring mistakes or anything like that. The grammar is on point. So I, I would encourage anyone who writes you know, it's worth it to have an editor review your work. So I believe that's what I did right. What would you have done differently? What would I have done? Hmm, that's a good question. What would I have done differently with this book? Perhaps I would have included more essays. I think that's the only thing I would have done differently is maybe include a few more um, just to give people more insight, more essays that they can relate to. And what are your writing plans? My writing plans? <laughs> to keep doing it. 
like Nike, just do it. <laughs> but I, I am working right now. I have in progress uh, an ebook that I've been working on for a couple of months. It's called, um, oh my goodness, what's the name of my own book? Laughter, <laughs> laughter helps. See, I threw that in as a joke. <laughs> Didn't even know I was doing it. Laughter helps and the acronym helps stands for something. And again, that book is to encourage laughter for healing. You know, people say laughter is the best medicine. And I believe that as well. So anytime I, I have an opportunity to share a laugh with someone, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm working on that, that ebook that will be released soon. And you also take your comedy to the stage. Tell yes. us about that, your acting. Yes, thanks for asking. I am actually right now, I'm in another uh, comedy workshop. And that's what I've been doing during the pandemic. A friend suggested that I take this comedy workshop back in August. And I've <laughs> been joining the class ever since. It's by, it's, uh, by Zoom, it's virtual Zoom. And... At the end, now what we do at the end of our class session, we do a stand-up comedy showcase and invite people out so we get to test the new material that we've learned. So I've been doing that. I've also been asked to speak at different events. There was a sorority that had an event and they needed someone to do the entertainment. So I was one of the comedians for that. So I, I enjoy having those opportunities to do things like that. I'm a Toastmaster. Last June, we did uh, humor in the workplace and we had four different times that we, we had people humorously uh, talk about things about how you can use humor in the workplace. So I've done some things like that as well. So yeah, when I could take that humor to the streets, I'd like to do it to the stage. How do people react? They, they are tickled. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tell me they tell me that it's it's relatable you know one time I, I was talking about how um, during this COVID my clothes have betrayed me they refuse to button snap or zip and my chin hairs when they get too long people think I look like my grandfather because <laughs> they're long and they're gray <laughs> oh. any other COVID jokes <laughs> uh, what else do we do? I, I've got some that I'm working on that, that's coming up. I talk about how the, um, this face mask during, during COVID, we have to wear all these face masks. So when I rip mine off, I also rip off my chin hairs. So no <laughs> waxing needed. <laughs> yeah. And did you have to work on Zoom during the lockdown when we had the lockdown? I worked, we worked um, several months on Zoom and then we went back into the office for my job. We were close to the public, but we still worked from the office and worked by, by appointments. Any funny incidents, office incidents on Zoom? Were you fully dressed? I was always fully dressed. Now my son's in the background. They walked past with no, no shirts on. And my one son decided he wanted to wrap a scarf around his head that looked like a turban. And we're all sitting at the table. They're on Zoom. I'm on Zoom. People can hear us talking. We're fighting for the Wi-Fi. I'm like, somebody's got to go to a different room. 
But yeah, so those were some of our incidents. Well, tell us about the mouse incident in your car. Oh, my goodness. That was a day that I didn't have to go into work for a couple days. And I had bought some, this granola to try. It was good. It was a coconut chocolate with sea salt. It was about a, a six ounce bag, maybe. So I ate some of it. I tried not to eat the whole bag and I just left it in the car. Well, two days later, when I got back in the car, the bag was kind of ripped. And I said, I, I know I did not rip that bag like that. But I started to open it and got ready to eat. And I looked down on the seat on the passenger side. I'm like, what is that on the seat? It looked like a little piece of a broken pencil leg lead. And I got closer. I'm like, O-M-G. <laughs> like they say, oh my God. What was it? It was mouse poop. And not unicorn one, poop. Two or three. Yeah. And then in my cup holder, I looked at my cup holder and it was more poop. So not only did they eat my whole bag of granola, the whole family of mice might have been in there, or they just came back and kept feasting and pooping. I said that I feel violated. <laughs> I mean, did I hang a shingle saying, you know, Motel 6, we keep the lights on, a Motel 8, Super 8? I guess they thought they made themselves at home. I could not believe the nerve of it. I was scared to drive my car. I thought a super mighty mouse was going to come flying from the back seat or something and attack me. Nasty I told my son, creatures. I, yeah, Nasty I told my son, I need you to come pick me up for work. I'm not driving this car home. Did he pick you <laughs> up? I drove it home. No, Did I drove it home. I just... I had to be brave, be brave. You can do this. I just didn't look back. I drove straight, 10 and two, 10 and two. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find you this summer and your book? This summer, my book is going to be released, uh, pre-sales probably June 1st for the, the e-book, Laughter Helps will be released on Amazon. And my book, Menopause Ain't No Joke, is also available on Amazon and, and other places, walmart.com and some places like that as well, barnesandnoble.com. So they can find, people can follow me, feel free to follow me on YouTube at Angela Verges. From time to time, I'll post humorous things up there or I'll post some of the comedy skits that we've done at the, the comedy showcase. They're about five minutes skits that I'll or five minute sets that I will post on there so feel free to to follow me at any of that and I can get more info to you okay and was it what is your website my website is angelaverges.com and my last name is spelled v as in victor e-r-g-e-s okay got it would you like to read to us angie sure Let's, let's see, I have a couple things I can read here. Let's read this one I titled The Dental Visit. The hard chair was in a reclined position. I rested my head against the back of the fold leather. My mouth was wide open. Dr. R touched my gums with his metal dental instrument. He asked questions as he gave special attention to each of my teeth. Has anything changed since your last visit? I said, yes, menopause. He said, oh, yes, Dr. R replied. 
dragging the words from his mouth. That can cause changes in your gums and teeth. Hmm. Give it to me straight, Dot. How much time do I have left with this set of teeth? <laughs> he didn't give my teeth an expiration date, but his cheekbones raised beneath the mask covering his mouth. A gentle smile was developing. I told Dr. R that from that point on, I would be smiling every chance I got. During a dental visit, Dr. R examined my teeth further in a different visit. He pulled and tugged on my cheek, touched my teeth with a gloved hand, and he said, your teeth look great. I attempted a gurgled response and he removed his hand. I smiled and said, thanks. What I really wanted to say was, my teeth should look good. I bought most of them from you. <laughs> Crowns, caps, and fillings, oh my. <laughs> and then I ended that one with a scripture. So what are the different themes in your book? They're, they're all different. They, each heading is different. That one was the dental visit. Here, this other one is being recruited. So in the table of contents, they're just different chapters. Of, of some are when my kids played sports. I had one called the football scrimmage, um, family funnies, open letter to my children, nutrition. So it's a what little is bit that of open letter to your children. Tell me about that. Open letter to my children. Let's see that one. Okay, we're on page 101. We'll go to that one. Yeah, so I will go to that one. That one says, open letter to my children, make room for mama. This letter is dedicated to my teenage children for all the things they have done to make my life interesting. Bless you, my children. Remember the times you said, I can't wait to grow up? Well, I'm not rushing you to grow up, but I look forward to many of your first experiences leading into adulthood. I can't wait for you to get your first car. I'll be the first to ride in the passenger seat when you take it for a spin. We can stop by the corner store so that I can pick up a few snacks. When I'm done eating, I'll leave candy wrappers on the seat and let my beverage can roll under the seat. After that, we can stop by the pizza place and grab dinner and a lot of napkins that I'll leave all over your car. <laughs> After stuffing ourselves, surely we'll want to work out. I know you like to stay in shape for sports. We'll go to the fitness center, work up a sweat, and then shower there before heading home. You can stuff your damp soil gym clothes in my bag. I'm willing to share. No need to take the bag in the house. Leave it in your car. I'll get it in a few days. By then it should smell like a gym full of teenagers after gym class. I'm not rushing your teen years because I love attending your sporting events and being part of your high school years. However, I will be excited as a tick on a dog with bushy fur when you get your first home. It would bring me joy to prepare your favorite meal. If you don't plan to be home, just leave a key and I'll let myself in. 
Preparing dinner is sure to make me thirsty. I know how you like to keep a two liter pop on hand. I'll just help myself to a glass, then leave the dirty glass at some random location in your house. If there's a drop of pop left in the bottle, I won't finish it. Instead, I'll return the almost empty bottle to the fridge. <laughs> Once you arrive home, we'll have a casual dinner, eating from paper plates while sitting on the couch in front of the TV. After our meal fit for a king, I'll be too stuffed to move. So I'll just leave my paper plate on the floor near the couch, or maybe even shove it under the couch for you to discover later. <laughs> Each, each time I visit your home will be a reminder of the love we share and your desire to be grown up. Love you, my young men. Be sure to make room in your life for mama. Bless you, my children. What would your letter contain? And that's the end of that essay. Nice, very nice. What would you recommend to people who are serious all the time or take themselves way too seriously? I would tell them, you really gotta find, find something that brings you joy and helps you to relax because you will be stressed out if you're too serious all the time and things aren't going the way you think they should. It just brings on more stress. So you, you've gotta just loosen up. If it's not all the time, it doesn't have to be over the top silly. Maybe you like reading a, a joke book here and there or watching a funny, a funny movie. Even with comedy, we talked about this in our comedy workshop, there are, people find humor differently and they express it differently even when they're laughing. Some people find things funny and they're doubled over laughing, whereas others might see something funny and you may just kind of see them smile. So you're thinking, oh, they didn't think that was funny, but they come up to you and say, oh, you were hilarious. Like, oh, well, I didn't really see you laughing. I just barely saw a smile. But whatever makes them feel good and able to relax and let your hair down, if you have some, I don't have much, but just, just being able to relax and not take yourself so seriously, you will feel better. So what do you keep in your office to relieve stress? I, you know what? What's funny? <laughs> I'm... My job is, is recreation. So I'm a, a, a manager of a community center. Actually in my office, I have a hula hoop. <laughs> I have a hula hoop behind my desk. I've got stress balls and I have a, a reader's digest of funny stuff. I don't know if it was a joke book or something somebody gave me. I have that right by my computer. So when I need to take a break, I can just open up and read a couple pages. Okay, so before we do our parting shots, I'm going to thank our sponsors, and that is Doc Chavant and uh, Deal for Writers, Deal Services for Writers. So, Angie, your parting shots. My parting shots. Um... Oh, well, I have loved being here sharing with you. I encourage everyone, laugh. Laughter, use laughter for healing, hope, healing, encouragement, inspiration, whatever you can do. Find something funny. Write it down. Keep a humor notebook. Do something that makes you smile every day. Okay, and my parting shots are first a correction to the sponsors. 
It's the Digital Quill Services for Writers with Colleen Nye. And buy indie, read indie, and write indie. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Angie. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>